46 years of devoted service to For Your Pleasure Confectionery Company had earned her this parting ceremony, this small token of our esteem lying gift-wrapped on the table, this no-words-can-express speech that Jim Connell was at this moment delivering in words and phrases that he had hitherto declared inexpressible. Miss Hawkins glanced sideways at the notes he fingered on the table. "'Has given of her services generously,' she read, and she was appalled that he detained the rank of shop steward with such spelling. "'For forty-six years,' he droned on, threatening to itemise every single day of them, "'she has been a steadfast and loyal colleague.' Miss Hawkins heard herself spelling the words on his poor, illiterate behalf. She looked at the package on the table. It was indeed a small token, measuring at most six inches square, with a depth, allowing for the wrapping, of about four inches. One hundred and forty-four cubic inches, she worked out. Whatever it was, she was not going to open it. She had it in mind to throw it away on her way home, gift-wrapped and all, so that she need never know that, with their gift, they had given her a reason to live beyond this day. She listened as Jim Connell bumbled on about her long and devoted service and her first green years at the factory. She remembered the day she'd left the orphanage. Matron had put her to work at the sweet factory at the end of the orphanage road. The orphanage and the factory dated from the same year, as if by arrangement. The one should feed the other, and the progress from foundling to fudge-wrapper was as natural as the night that followed day. From wrapping, Miss Hawkins had graduated to the boiled sweet department, then swiftly, through marshmallows and fondants, to the factory speciality on the top floor. Chocolate liqueurs. She could go no further. At this point of promotion, most of the orphan employees, cured for life of a sweet addiction, pimpled and puppy-fatted, would seek employment elsewhere. But the management had noted Miss Hawkins' diligence and devotion to duty, and they put her in the office and groomed her as a bookkeeper. In her thirtieth year, she had attained the rank of head cashier, a post she retained to this day. We owe a great deal to Miss Hawkins, the shop steward waffled on, and she wondered, but with little curiosity, how they had inscribed the gift. Though she had worked at the factory for so many years, she was pretty sure that nobody among the personnel knew her Christian name. Thank you, Miss Hawkins, had been the Friday acknowledgement of four hundred wage packets, or a cup of tea, Miss Hawkins. Have a nice weekend, Miss Hawkins as if Miss were her Christian name. Few people in her life had ever called her Jean. At the orphanage, she had answered to Hawkins, as others did to Davis, Woods, or Murphy. Did whatever was inside that gift-wrapped package bear any inscribed evidence as to whom it might belong? Not just any old Miss, not just any old Hawkins, but some indication that she was a little more than the sum of both parts. She worked her way from sweet wrapper to head cashier, Mr. Connell was marvelling. Yes, she thought. She'd done her best. 
In her small way, she'd been a success. And God would forgive her for what she was going to do, and square the misgivings of the Sacred Heart Orphanage, should her origins be subsequently disclosed. She found herself thinking again of her childhood, as if in rehearsal of a pre-death flashback. If anyone were to bother at any time to write the biography of Miss Jean Hawkins, who was hardly the stuff of research or commemoration, they would have fastened onto her twelfth birthday as being a key to the subsequent turnings in her life. On that day, two events occurred, which were the stuff of which nightmares are made. Birthdays were not over-celebrated at the orphanage, partly because the exact date of the child's birth was often not known. So one tea time of each month was given over to celebrations...